Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. I am Jason, and John is here with me. That's right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Whenever you're listening, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever and you're listening night. to this, we're recording this in the afternoon, so I'll just say good afternoon, Jason. It's great to be here. We're recording this after watching an interesting weekend of hockey between the University of North Dakota and Omaha. Yeah, in a in a outcome, I don't think that Friday outcome, the Friday win that UNO got at Baxter Arena, I don't know that we were expecting that. Were you expecting it? Because oh, after mean, the both, last, yeah, yeah, we both said that we were going to get swept. I don't think anyone. It's you know we were talking about. It's one of those things that. I have always felt this team was capable of doing things like that. I just never right. thought that they would, right? Yeah, we've said many times this season that these guys are capable of competing with anybody in the country. Right. But after last week's series at Miami, right, which they're not a good team, and we, and we didn't score a goal Portland. on the yeah. weekend. We got swept yeah. and we got blanked for the weekend. We did not know coming into North Dakota... Even if it was a North Dakota that, you know, it kind of cinched things up in, in the conference play and, and uh, you know, didn't have a lot of motivation against us. We knew that they were going to be tough because they're a talented team. They've got a lot of depth. And we just weren't sure where our team's, you know, collective psyche was at. And, right. and they come in and they play really well. And you could tell that they were, you know, blocking shots. They were playing smart that entire game making good decisions with yep. the puck. They made some good movements. You know, they didn't let it get away in a game that got really chippy and dirty. And the refs were, both nights, I think, were obviously biased towards North Dakota. That coming from a guy, I hate talking about the refs. I know, I hate you know? that I hate and, that too, but, because this is, this is one of those things where you'll get a dozen people, many of them, you know, oh, you know, who want to sound all highfalutin, like, you know, I didn't think that the officiating was biased. I thought UNO took as many cheap shots as the North Dakota Dakota Fighting Hawks did. And I I I don't I, I just I felt like it was I felt like they were losing control I at several points lost this control. weekend. Not losing uh, fr- well, they Friday com- night in particular. Friday they night they completely lost, lost control, control of that game. Yeah. Completely. And then to try to get it back, it wasn't a it wasn't an even up situation to get to get back into control of that game. They clearly felt like their way to get back into control of that game was to penalize UNO for little things. Yep. That's how they were gonna regain control. Absolutely. And it's just it's sad. And I, you know, I see a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and, and the social and, and the message boards and things that that clamor about how bad NCHC refs are every week and you know, I'm just not one to go there. You know, my kids yeah, complain I, about the referees you know and their I games, know, yeah. and I'm like, just everyone plays. You know, it's the same referees. Yes, your daughter, you your daughter to... Lexi, was talking about yeah. her youth hockey games on Saturday night. So yeah, she's not a fan of the officials at her level either. Yeah. I normally don't get too worked up about that, but I have not been impressed with the officiating all season. I know you right. feel the same way, and I know a number of fans across the conference feel the same way. But this was beyond, this wasn't just not impressed. This was a disaster both nights. Absolutely. Like, you had full-on fist fights that yep. you wouldn't call fighting penalties on. Because I know, no. and I know in college hockey, because it's an automatic suspension, you never want to make that call. Right. But at some point in time, you're going to have to make that call. 
Yeah. And then you've got players getting injured on obvious plays, what I felt at least were obvious calls, that you even sure. go back and review and can't come to a reasonable conclusion. Right. And I, I'm just like, w- like, where does this go? I mean, you've got... You've got North Dakota taking headshots. You've got UNO fighting back. Yeah, UNO was put. I, I one of UNO's players. I remember it might have been Conley put one of the North Dakota players in a headlock on Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, because he punched Weiss in the face. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and I know they like to stand up for their stand up for their guys. Right. But, but yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I mean, and Friday night, the I think the big story outside of the win was. When North Dakota ran Seville and yeah. knocked him out of the game, and they did that in January when we were up in Grand Forks, right? As well, that seems to be a common theme with Seville. Its teams just seem to want to, you know, try to run him every game. Which I get it. I mean, he's not he's not a big goaltender by no. by the standards, and he's had concussion problems in the past. Sure. So if if the refs aren't going to protect the goaltender like they're supposed to, which yeah. they're told to, I've seen the edict from the NCHC about protecting goaltenders yes. in the league. Yes, in particular, they want to pro- they want to protect head injuries, right? In this conference, in general, this season. in general, yeah, with all players, and that's that's part of the reason why I think we've been scratching our head about officiating the past couple seasons is because they'll a lot of times they'll be overly cautious and make calls in the defense of doing that and. This weekend, it didn't seem like... Was there a major penalty called all weekend? No. I didn't know. Which it felt like in both of those games that there should have been something major called. Yeah. But it didn't happen. And Isaiah Seville definitely got his bell rung on Friday night. He went out of the game. Um, You know, we heard that he was knocked cold. We've heard a lot of different things. You know, we heard he'd been transported to the hospital. But then we yeah. saw him walking around in a suit after a game. So <laughs> that didn't seem likely. But he was he was out. And we don't know at this point whether we'll see him again this season or not. And that's that's a tough loss for UNO. I mean, that was a tough loss on Friday night against a really good team. We'd struggled the past couple weekends. And so, you know, Austin Roden came in and played really, really well, I thought, on Friday night. Yeah, he uh, he comes in in the first period. And, you know, I think... When you have a goalie change like that, one of the important things as a team to do is to make sure that you you let them see pucks that are easy, you know, kind of routine saves. Yeah. You know, you let them kind of ease himself into the game. And I thought that particularly uh, Stewart and Scanlon did a really good job of making sure that there weren't ridiculous number right. of shots right. or crazy scoring angles yep. or anything it let him kind of get into the game and i think that really mattered down the line for you and i think so too and he had some a couple of great glove saves yep. on friday night yeah he there were there were moments when he looked great and that like you said the team in front of him did a good job of minimizing north dakota's scoring opportunities and that that was that was a big deal that was a big deal so it was tough for him to come in cold to that game and, and i thought he played really really well you know, I I thought a lot of our guys played well, and it was kind of from some unexpected places. You know, our first the first goal of the game was by Nate Konepke, which is not yeah. a guy that you uh, talk about scoring goals, but he gets the first goal. Um, you know, Kirby Proctor gets the second goal. So, you know, a couple defensemen there getting goals early on. So, and they were, yeah. you know, kind of those down low, 
kind of uh, not pretty goals, but they're what you need. Yeah, we've talked this year a couple times about UNO struggling, the defensemen struggling to get pucks to the net. Yeah, you know, they take shots, but they're they're blocked out high, and they're, you know, yeah. they're just I didn't feel like they've been doing a great job of shooting around the screens, right? Uh, and shooting around the block. And I thought that Friday night by far was the best I've seen them do about changing the angle of attack, right? So that the puck can get through, right? And because really, as a defenseman, at least most of the most of the high talented defensemen that I know have all said the same thing. So I just kind of assume that it's a certain thing. Like rarely as a defenseman are you in a position where you're shooting to score. Right. You're typically in a position where you're shooting to, to, to get, get the, the puck, puck to that area. Yes. If it goes in, great, great. you're happy. But you're hoping to get like a rebound, rebound or a some tip, funny bounce right. that one of the one of the forwards can pop yeah. into the net. And yep. Our system is such that you know we really don't have we don't have the kind of player that can go to the front of the net and just set a screen and, and just be there to, right. to block the goaltender's vision, no. right? So a lot of our screening happens in motion. Right. And our defense, to, for that to work, our defense has to, has to be much better at yeah. finding that lane so that the screen moves through at the right time. Right. And it's hard. But and it's, it's, it, de- it's dependent on good puck handling, good yep. passing, which, as Heads you know, this play, season yeah. hasn't always happened. Right. But when it does... It's we been got a thing Friday of beauty. Night. Yeah. Friday night was by far the best I've seen this team play all year. I think so. I think that was the best game we saw this season. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was followed up with a mess on Saturday. It was, it much was def- of which definitely wasn't a mess on Saturday. Really them. You know, North Dakota really established themselves in their offensive zone early on in the game. And I it, we had we had trouble countering that, especially yeah. early on. I thought we played better in spurts later in the game, but by then, you know, we were down, and this team just does not play well down. I think you would agree on that. It's better than last season. It's definitely better than, look, the the entire thing is better than, anything's better than last season. <laughs> but I think that, you know, the the first goal, I, I didn't think that that was... It sucked, but it didn't worry me too much. No, it didn't. You're down it's one the, at that point. It's the late goal in the first period that I thought, oh, we're well, not and, and gonna that was a that was we were on the power play at that point. And yeah. you're right. That was I was worried. Whenever you give up one of those late goals Especially that a late was goal rough. shorthanded. Yeah. And as you know, my seventy nine year old father, you know, he he leaves early anyway. A lot of times he'll leave after the second. He left after that goal. That was that was it that was for him for the night. He's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. Don't think he's a Fairweather fan. He's just, you know, kind of a curmudgeonly guy. So, you know, he was out of there that night. He's like, I, he wasn't feeling it. Plus, it was on, you know, Cox Yearview TV. So he knew he could watch it. So, yeah. So yeah. That's that's what he did. But he he knew what, what we would all discover that it, you know, it wasn't going to be that great the rest of the way. And it was, it was a rough, rough game from then yeah. on out. But the refs got their they got their work in on Saturday. You know they gave North Dakota power plays when they didn't need them and yeah didn't deserve them. And yep, turned a blind eye to blatant calls. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was a high stick where the guy swung at. I don't remember which UNO player it was on. It was in the. It was in the third period. And it wasn't, uh, you know, like I'm skating away and my like 
he literally turned and swung and clipped the head. I mean, it wasn't a, an old school Dawn Rusher kind of BS slash, right. but it was clear intent to make contact with the head with the stick directly in front of the ref. And there was no call whatsoever on it. They didn't and, call anything? No. No, and he's yelling at the, the player's yelling at the ref, the ref's yelling at the player. I still don't get how, in after a scrum in front of the net, North Dakota's uh, um, Michand, I think it's Michand. Michaud. Michaud. Mich- it's either Michaud or Michaud. Michaud. Yeah. Uh, I don't him. Know. We, 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 as, as everybody knows, we uh, um, we do a great job pronouncing moo. names on this podcast. Moo, moo, moo. Pre moo. Uh, <laughs> but he comes over. He's he's yelling something at the ref. I mean, obviously we don't know what he's yelling, but he's yelling something after the ref. He skates over. He makes physical contact with the referee. The referee pushes him away, but doesn't call him for anything. That right there was the moment that I said this clearly is not. And that's when I tweeted this. This is this is no longer just referees having a bad night or a bad weekend. That is, to me, black and white. You touch an official in any way, you touch an official, you should be out of the game, period. Let me ask you about that. And I think it was Friday night. There was a penalty right in front of UNO's bench. Mm-hmm. And I did not think that the UNO player even touched the North Dakota player. I could be wrong. Obviously, I was looking at that the That was re- a leap in the air. Yeah. Yeah, he made contact. Did he make contact? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it worthy of two minutes in the box? Doesn't matter. Okay. The the There's a rule that states that when a player leaves their feet, you're not supposed to make contact with them. Okay. It My call would have been roughing on that because if I remembered right, I Did thought they that call the rule said it was roughing. They called it tripping. Oh, they call it tripping? Yeah. Where, how was I hate tripping? the rule, though. Like, to me, the it's thing a is... It's terrible rule. Like, if I get kind of where it came from, you know, the rule was one of those protect the players. A if place a player of safety, is in the yeah, air, absolutely. You can't, like, you can't make contact with them. My problem is, is that he knew what he was getting into when he jumped. Right. It wasn't a, I got hit and then I got hit again. It right. It wasn't a, you know, outside of my control was I in the air. I made a decision to jump up for that putt. He had the puck in his glove. I can see that you can't like pick him up and slam him to the ground or something. Right. But as far as I'm concerned, normal, pro- normal contact should be allowed in that situation. Right. Which is all like it wasn't even normal contact. It wasn't, he he wasn't, just clipped I, him I did, skating behind him. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't like a situation where he was going after him. It wasn't an in, no. like it wasn't mounted. It wasn't like a lot of the other stuff that happened in the game right. after the whistle. I right. Mean, and they didn't call the other one that got me was. Uh, on it was on Saturday. On Saturday, Roden's against the post, pucks in the corner, and the North Dakota player comes through and elbows him in the head, knocks his helmet off into the net. There's no call, no whistle for a few seconds. They blow the whistle. After the whistle, North Dakota shoots the puck into the empty net. And a melee ensues because I mean, if he if he wasn't turned over, if Roden wasn't turned over, right, where he was protecting his head just b- by virtue of reaction yeah. to the hit. If you got hit in the head with no helmet on by that puck, that kid's probably dead. Yeah, I mean that wasn't you know a like the, lazy know, shot. In you the know net. the speed and the velocity that those things travel at. He, the, I guarantee that was a 60, 70 mile an hour shot of the yeah. puck. Yeah, 
after the whistle at a goaltender with no helmet. I know. And there was no call. There wasn't a single call. There wasn't a call on the elbow. There wasn't a call on the shot after the whistle. There was nothing on that. No. And, like, it's just so, it was so one-sided that I really hope the NCHC looks at it. I know that they won't because I know the way the NCHC works. And I I just know this. They never do. They're never going to go back and look at this and say, we have to be better than this. But they really need to. Because these two, I don't know, I'd have to look up who they were. These two were terrible. Beyond terrible. Can I make a comment, too? Okay. Okay. As it regards, like as, regards as it regards penalties and replays, okay. I understand that there's some rule, and again, I haven't taken time to that about what they can show and what they can't show on the replay board. There's no the, rule; it's etiquette. You're not supposed to show it because the, 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 the belief is, is, is that if you show it, if you show it to a home fan, the home fan's always going to see it in their team's favor. Sure, and they don't want. The cheering of the... The booing and the other right, to undo... To influence the call. See, I didn't know... It's not again, a rule, I, it's I'm just not, a common I don't, etiquette. I don't, I'm just telling people right now. I right. do not spend a lot of time reading the NCAA hockey rule book. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at the game, I want to see more replays. This is the thing that drives me nuts about UNO. Is I understand that we're the polite state with the polite people who want to do everything right but I'm telling you right now, I want to see more of this stuff replay because when I'm sitting there at the game, a lot of times it's moving so fast, you miss it and you don't know exactly what happened. Right. Show it to us on the damn board, even goals. You know, you'll get one replay and that's it. And they've got plenty of time before the puck is dropped and the whistle is blown and everything's moving again to show it to us a couple times. And it that's drives me thing. nuts. You know, it would be really... and. I, you mentioned this, and I just thought about this, that we don't do this, but I go to NHL games, and when I go to NHL games, every NHL game I know I go to, and in the intermission, they recap, essentially, the right. first period. Here's the goals from yes. the first period, the big plays, that some of the fights, some of the, you know. People were talking we about that? People were talking about the UNO coverage on NCHC TV, which I normally don't watch home games because right. I'm there, obviously. <laughs> and they were saying they didn't show very many replays on the broadcast. It's like... Show people the replays. You have the technology. Do it because there's so many things that you miss. And people will be sitting around us. And you know this goes on because you're in the row behind us. We're all having these, well, what happened just there? Really? Did it happen? Well, no, I saw this. I saw that. Show it to us. It would be fine. Nobody's going to rebel. I understand that there were a lot of people dressed in green in the arena on Friday and Saturday night. But but I don't don't think fisticuffs are going to ensue. I mean... At least I hope they're not. You never know when people are consuming beer. You never know what's going to happen when people are uh, consuming the devil's ale at uh, at hockey games. Having been to North Dakota for games, having been around North Dakota a lot for very heated, you know, playoff levels. No, we were up at the Ralph in 2011. Yeah, they they can be jackasses. St. Cloud's the other one. Like, I've... I mean, I've I've walked out of obviously this was back when we were living in Clark. I've walked out of Magnus and seen North Dakota fans fighting with Denver fans, like full on fighting. You know, like, there's, the there's a lot. Fight. There's a lot about that. And St. Yeah. Cloud, St. Cloud's the other one that I've okay. seen actual fisticuffs with, and I yeah. don't know where. The, I don't know what that kind that's of all that about, kind of but. brings up a little point. I mentioned to you. I was going to mention this before the game. A, yeah. a guy who I've known for a number of years, Jeff Roby. Uh, I saw him on Saturday night, and he told me he travels on the road every week and he listens to the podcast. So mm. it's 
Great. So we have at least Thanks one. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we got at least one listener. So that's hey. great. Yeah. Woo-hoo. He was saying, and he was okay. talking about after our great victory Friday. Friday night victory. We have night. our very unique post-game celebration where the team comes out and sits, sings the fight song, mm-hmm. and all of the UNO fans gather around. And it's always fun when you've got a large visiting contingent. Because some of them are seeing this for the first time as they exit the arena through the uh, west entrance at Baxter Arena. And so he was telling me, he said, I was standing down there waiting for the team to come out and sing the fight song. And then he said, but there was a there was a North Dakota fan like right there, really close to where the team walks out in amongst the UNO fans. And he's like, I just, and I don't know if he if he fussed at him or he wanted to fuss at him, but he's like, I'm just like, dude, why are you here? Why aren't you standing like off to the side, close to the Holland Ice um, over there on the kind of the other side of the staircase where visiting fans normally start? He's like, am I right? Am I wrong? Is it is it wrong to think he shouldn't be there amongst UNO fans? Or is it right to say, hey, why don't you go, you know, stand with your, you know, own people over there? You know, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I tend to be one of these, you know, polite Nebraska people too. So I would probably let him stand there, but I can, I can understand the other sentiment. Yeah. I think the couple things to that one, I don't know what the situation is. So it's hard for me to say that that person should or shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, because if, if the person was standing there, just kind like of minding me, their know? own, but just kind of minding their own business, curious about it, right. want to see it up close and personal. I, you know, what if he's, what if he's someone who grew up in North Dakota, went to North Dakota, got moved down here for a job, has lived here for like twenty years, you know, and he just every he just, other weekend is a UNO fan. He just and it's threw just, on his. He, there could be because I, I noticed there I were some know. people in the Mav right. Puck. There were some people who tweeted at us on Mav Puck where like the wife was wearing, yeah. You know, North Dakota gear and like the husband was wearing UNO, UNO gear. gear. And I yeah. don't know if they were from here or not, but you could tell that they both had kind of affinities for the yeah. different teams. So that's that's where I'm a little confused. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know that I would necessarily care one way or the other unless the person was causing problems. Right. So there's the other thing is what's the intent for right. being there? Like if you're if that person intends to be there to try to coerce another fan into fisticuffs try to, to try bait to, them or something or yeah because i've seen people do that right um that that to me like at that point in time that's when they need to leave is if that's what they're trying to do but if they're just there to yeah take it in type of thing like i have a hard exactly. time saying that see exactly that's that we was have my, any right to that say was my philosophy i'm like well i don't want you to get in trouble trying yeah. to you know educate another fan it's not worth it so right you know, you just in that instance, you might want to let it go. You know, but the minute he does something that starts anything, like you're right. already on thin ice at that point. Yeah, it's a, so, it's a it's a difficult difficult yeah. situation to to deal with because you know, ninety nine percent of the time we don't get very many visiting fans, so it's mm-hmm. that that one North Dakota series every year where we kind of have to deal with that. So it's that's that's a hard one. It's it's kind of you know, and people are just kind of. Very emotional anyway. They they don't like it when people, you know, uh, from North Dakota at the end of the national anthem yell Sue instead of, you know, when they do the home of the brave, they like yeah. to yell Sue. And I it drives me nuts, Which too. they're not the Sue. They're not the Sue anymore, either. They changed that's their my, name. I, mean, you know, I get that ago. that's their chant. I think, personally, I think it's disrespectful and I don't get it. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I think too. My, that still comes down to, they're not the Sue. Like, They're not the suit. For God's sake, get anymore. over this, people. Buy a new jersey. 
Like, you know, the rest of us, I will tell you right now. And every, stop stealing the Blackhawk one. Every once in a while, I wear retro gear. But quite honestly, I'm so happy to have new stuff that I wear that. I don't wear the stuff with the, you know, old bowl or the OO. So, yeah. She's so like, you're that's not what I'd say. Yeah. So, so anyway, we just encourage our fans to, you know, be careful, be, be polite, you know, you know, be tactful. Even if you see something that you disagree with, right. understand that you don't know everything that's going on there. Right. And you don't now, know if they've had a lot to drink. Right. Now, I've heard that there were instances of North Dakota fans that were throwing half-empty beers at UNO fans on Saturday. You know, those are the types of things, like, you see that, you say something. Right. But just someone who's kind of standing around where you just don't think they should be standing around, to me... It's hard. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little classless. It's a, it's a little bit classless if that's, like, if they're just trying to make a right. scene. But, again, you don't know what, like, they're there with their significant other, their significant other is a, you know, UNO person, and... They're North yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to know, you know. So you, I know a lot of families are like that in NHL. It's like they're Avs fans and husbands, you know, from Detroit, and it's like, yeah, I've seen them there. I don't know how you can have that kind of marriage, but I don't either. Somehow it, it makes, works. Makes no sense to me at all. Like, but what are you going to do? So yeah, so be careful, be tactful. That would be our point. Be respectful. So, yeah. Who's your player of the weekend? Uh, I. I'm really torn on this. Okay. I think that I here's the I want to call I, out one. I want to draw attention to one player. I thought Dean Stewart played the best I have seen him play in four years of hockey. I think that that might be the best series that he Friday. has had. Friday. Yes. Saturday, not no, so much. Yeah. No. No. Everybody was kind of off. He was, yeah, he but, was very. He had a very good weekend, especially on Friday. That yeah. was a great game. And to be an outgoing senior, I just you talk about like a good time for him to have that. Absolutely, an awesome way for him to kind of say thank you to the fans to to really put in the effort and the work to go out and and be the kind of leader that we really needed him to be all year long. Yep. So I, I mean, I I want to thank him for obviously for four years of entertainment. I mean. Oh yeah, we're we're lucky to all these seniors uh, for sure. Opening and Keck and Jones, yeah. To watch Zach these Jordan, guys. Zach Jordan, been Jordan's a lot of fun been to awesome. watch over the years. Yeah, yeah. you know, for four years, in, in most cases, we we've, we've watched these guys kind of grow up, and you know, they've always been willing to come out to youth hockey events and coach kids and. Uh, you know, stop and autograph things and say and hi and get pictures. It's tough and... because they're kind of the last of the sort of those transition players from the Dean Blaze years yeah. to the Mike Gabinet years. And, and so they've, they've been through a lot. They've been through some ups and some downs yeah. last season. And so it's it's been a tough road for them. So I'm glad they've this given season... a lot. They've given a yeah. lot to the university and to the fans. And I think... They've I... worked really hard. And, and I think, you, you know, like you said, I mean, I think going forward that's the kind of kind of grit and determination we need because they're not the most talented players that we've had on the roster right but they worked really hard the last couple seasons and in particular this season they yeah and like you mentioned you know they've gone through that coaching transition and that's always hard and it's easy just to say you know i'm done i'm gonna go someplace else or something but they stuck around and they said you know we're gonna see this through and you know we like where the program's going and and i know they're that they a big were, reason why right. we're, we're 
they're a big reason why we are where we are at this moment in time. Absolutely. Yeah, Dean Stewart's a great pick. It was hard for me because there were a number of performances I liked. I thought Mike Martin Sundberg had a great game on mm-hmm. Friday night. And he's been a player that's that's kind of sort of come out of the come out of the shadows this season and he's really played well throughout. But I've got to go because he had to come in off the bench. He wasn't oh, prepared yeah. to play. I got to go with Austin Roden because I thought he looked great on Friday night. And it's yeah. good to know that we've got a guy who can come in off the bench and and capably fill in if Isaiah Seville goes down because we didn't have that kind of situation the the previous four seasons. I mean, we had one guy, Evan Winninger, and right. and every once in a while you'd bring in Blankenberg, but we did not have a dependable uh, second goalie. And we tried a lot of different backups with did. him, and it seems like every time you threw someone in, you still went back to... All right, you're like, well, play. <laughs> well, we got to go back to Evan. So Austin's a guy that I feel comfortable with him in net. I feel comfortable with him starting, and I think I, uh, I worry. My only concern with him, long term, assuming that if Seville is out for the next weekend, right, and Roden's starting, I don't know why he looked he looked better coming in relief on Friday than he looked starting on Saturday. I don't, I don't know if that was just. That was, I don't know if it was. I don't know if North it was Dakota just, or I don't know if it was just North Dakota decided they weren't going to, you know, they weren't playing games. They were going to play or, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know if it was just he fed off the emotion because it was a very emotional crowd on Friday night, as you're well aware. The UNO crowd was loud. They were in it. There was an energy, and there was no energy on Saturday night at all. And UNO gets down that one goal, and the place just died. Yeah. As far as UFO fans meant. So maybe maybe he fed off that emotion, that energy, the excitement. I think we all fed off of it when Isaiah Seville was kind of, you know, sort of carried by uh, his teammates and the trainer off the ice. So, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know either. It'll if, if he does start this weekend at Denver, it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens. But, but yeah, I'm going to give it to him. Uh, but there were a lot of good performances on Friday night. You know, our, our big line still continues to be productive. And yep. that Conley and Weiss, Sullivan, yep. seem to have a lot of chemistry going. And they do. And we're going to get to see that, you know, next year as yeah. well. So uh, we anticipate. And least. I got to tell you, just, let's just say it. They performed really well without Taylor Ward this weekend when we thought that yeah. was going to be tough. It is tough. I mean, I think yeah. Saturday is what shows you. Like they could have used you, him. You needed yeah. it. You need really needed another line to, to yep. put in some pressure, and, and yep. they could have used him out there. But you know, it is what it is. And as Coach said, and we've said in the last podcast, next man up. So yeah, absolutely. So anyway, it was a good weekend. It was nice to get. It was nice to get a an exciting win to end the home season. And I'm was, excited. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. It was exciting to hear some changes to ticketing. Yes, that came up on the uh, replay on the board a few yeah. times this weekend. Absolutely. So they announced, and they didn't announce all season ticket prices. They said no. more news will be coming in April. Okay. But they mentioned that ticket packages will start at $195 next season. Now, the last few years that we have been at baxter arena the lowest ticket price was 200 and what did jolene say 265 65. Mm-hmm. yeah two, and we paid 295 for our tickets so 265 those are the upper bowl seats in the ends of mm-hmm. the uh, arena and 
So it looks like those are going to be $195 next season. So I guess I would ask you this. What do you, what do you think? Because we've seen Minnesota, we found out within the last couple of weeks that they're going to lower ticket prices um, to try to help kind of flagging attendance at their games up at Mariucci Arena. So what do you think about the prices going down? I know you and I weren't, you know, clamoring for lower ticket prices on this podcast. Maybe that's why they did it. Maybe if you and I clamor for, hell no, we're not going to lower prices. But this is something you've seen, we've seen happening around the country. Yeah, we talked when we talked when we had the rant on tickets. Yes, uh, I, that, we, talk, we no, talked about. I like, I like how you use the royal. I had the rant on tickets. Jason was just looking at me. Trying like, to be respectful. How many minutes is he going to talk about this? But yes, continue, Jason. <laughs> uh, you know, we we talked about the competition, right? Right. And you know, you knows not really competing with a whole lot. And I know a lot of people are like, well, they're competing with the Lancers. They're really not. There's not a lot of overlap between those two. What you're really competing with is the people who are just staying home and doing nothing. Yeah. And, so, and so I, what I like is, is that it kind of motivates. It'll motivate some that were kind of on the fence about renew about potentially renewing their tickets. Right. To I don't, keep their tickets. I don't know that this is the solution for bringing in new fans and filling out the arena. Because the, your season ticket holders, I don't feel are ones that are necessarily motivated in the majority sense, are motivated by price. I think they're the ones that are motivated by the, the prestige and the... the I don't know how I want to phrase this. The like, 483 home game attendance streak. Right. Well, you know, just no, like, no, we just, we, we, like, you like, to have, you like, like to have your same seats every game. Well, yeah. There's a comfort. It's you know more like, like, I feel like season ticket members, it, it's funny because it, and I know you hate when I go back and say this, but it's, it's all I have for frame of reference. Like at DU with season Here we tickets, go. Here we go with yeah, Jason's uh, weekly DU reference. They, they talked about it, about being part of the DU family and, like they talked about it as your, and I know other, you know, other sports talked about this, they, you know, 10th man and whatever, or something or Lemon fan or whatever it is, you know, like the fans become part of the group. And I feel like as a season ticket member holder, I feel more part of the team than the occasional fan that just comes to a game for some entertainment. Sure. Right? I would agree with that. And yeah. so for me personally, I, I'm not so motivated by the drop. I appreciate the drop in price, but I'm not right. motivated by the drop in price. I would be more motivated by, as a season ticket member, you're going to get access to these more things that you only get access to as a season ticket member. And we've talked about some of those things, like we've just talked a about simple those thing, things. like yeah, uh, discount at a concessions and. You know, those are season things, ticket member only events. Those are things we talk about, like a like a preseason picnic. Right now, right. I think only the Blue Line Club board of directors do it. Well, it used to be that anybody who was a Blue Line Club yeah. member, for example, could come, or and they could do one where it's only season ticket holders are allowed to come and and buy that. It's it's always hard to know. It part of it, I think. It's it's one of those things, you kind of obviously. When you look at this, it's understanding the crowd that embraced hockey back in the 1990s when 
the Omaha Lancers started because they were the only game in town at that point. And before that, the only hockey that we had had in this city, the only, you know, serious kind of organized hockey were the Omaha Knights back in the, you know, 1970s and early, mm-hmm. earlier. And that crowd for those Lancer games, it was, they had a sellout streak like Husker football does. And those tickets, they were a hot commodity here. Creighton wasn't drawing anybody for basketball back in the 1990s. It's not like it is now where it's this gigantic like alumni Catholic mafia party down there at mm-hmm. the CHI Health Center. Hockey was this blue collar sport. And, you know, I don't want to project on I don't know what everybody who went to those games did for a living, but it was this rough and tumble kind of working class. It was like the the working man's team here in Omaha and it was a it was very much like a kind of an east of 72nd street kind of crowd it was mm-hmm. that you know, you would see international brotherhood of electrical worker jackets on mm-hmm. on fans you would see that kind of stuff so it was that kind of audience and ultimately then when UNO started hockey in the the late 90s a lot of those people kind of shifted over to UNO hockey so a lot of that fan base was this kind of working class fan base then you had a lot of people who were kind of retirement age who follow the team, which still do follow the team, I think partly because they've got the time to do it. You know, they don't have the some of the family and work commitments that right. the, the younger fans do. And so it's very possible that for folks like that, kind of your 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 working class fan and kind of your retirees, that a price drop will be helpful to them. As you and I've talked about, and you just mentioned, I think obviously having more kind of amenities for season ticket holders would be one way to kind of make people feel like they're part of a community. Because I think that that's something that people, they want to feel like they belong to something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if season tickets is just about, you know, having season tickets, it's hard to get people to motivate, motivated to re-up because they can use all kind of justification by saying, well, you know, First National Bank will have like two for one tickets as an example, or they do discounted tickets throughout the year. Why should I buy my season tickets? I've got a lot of family commitments and things like that. So It'll be interesting to see what they do with the rest of the tickets. We don't know whether all tickets will be discounted across the board or whether they'll just kind of lower the price of one set of season tickets. It made it sound from the announcement like there were going to be, you know, discounts kind of across right. the season ticket strata, but I don't know what'll happen. So talking to a friend that does university marketing, works for a university uh-huh. it's a small D three school yeah. and they have a hockey team. Uh, and so him and I were talking about season tickets and I mean, they don't really have season tickets. They have donations, essentially just people who are boosters. Right. right? And he said that what they're going to experiment with, and they've been talking with uh, Facebook on how to do this is that you're going to get Facebook groups based on, you know, what level. So, you know, all the people who give $100 a year are in one Facebook uh, group. And if you give $500 a year, you're in that group and in the 500 club, right? Well, Facebook obviously and, is going to love your friends since they're well, right. they are pimping mean, and promoting groups right now. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's what it was is, you know, this big push by Facebook. And I don't yep. want to get too much into that. But no. I mean, this big push by yeah. Facebook to do groups. And they looked at it saying, here's a way that here's here's the people who are committed to this program, right. committed to this sport, committed to the athletics, right? Let's give them, they probably all know each other. Let's just give them a place sure. where they can talk about stuff. And then you have their collective attention, right? Yeah. It's not, I, I'm not a huge Facebook fan, but I'm like, that's, that's a 
I think, a pretty Here's good strategy. You, you enjoy the Mav Puck Facebook group. Yeah. And it, it doesn't it make you, though, feel like you want to renew your tickets every year because you're friends with a bunch of other fans. And it's it's this community that you're part of and you're connected to them. And it's yeah. it's kind of fun to be part of something that's not just not just I'm going to hockey games and it's just about the hockey. It's fun to be part of a, a community and feel like, you know, you're engaging with other people who are part of this community. And, and sometimes teams don't always do a lot to foster that. And the one thing I'd say on the donation thing, that, mm-hmm. and this is a little bit of an aside, but back when the tickets were $8.50, $10.50, $12.50 the, per game, per seat per game at um, the Civic Auditorium, we sat in the, the third tier, which are kind of the equivalent of the seats that we have now. And those were $8.50 per seat per game. And so... You know, let's say roughly that you had 20 games. It was usually less than that. But let's say you had 20 games a season. You were talking about, you know, like um, maybe around 100, yeah. 160 to, you know, like 190 per season for a season ticket. Well, Bridget and I also donated on top of our two season tickets. They had priority seating donations that you could do and you could get a parking pass. So I donated $250 on top of each of my two seats. So obviously mm-hmm. I was paying like 400 some when you added it on. But because the base ticket price was lower i felt more like i wanted to donate yeah because i you know i didn't feel like i was you know sending all the money in via monthly payments for and i've seen some of the i've seen some of the studies that look at it and say the if you lower your if you lower your ticket price you increase concession sales and right you know we talk about i know people who talk about this i guess i don't really do this but no i don't, I know, I don't either i know, I know. marketers i've you yeah know, we go to the conference yeah we go to the conference so i've talked to people that you know are in and they talk a lot about like you know grocery stores right and how they make almost nothing on certain items yeah but those are the items that everyone needs yeah so you you hook them in with those things but what you're really trying to drive them to are all these other things that the high margin items margin. yep yeah. So, and I think from a university standpoint, that makes sense too, right? Like, I know I'm not even if even if every seat in that arena was sold, season tickets, everyone like you, every game was sold out, no discount. Okay, right? They'd still lose money, guaranteed. You never set it up so that your ticket sales support. You can't. And no one could afford it. So what you do is you encourage them to come to the game and then you try to sell them memorabilia and concessions, concessions. because that's where you make the most money. And the idea is also the more people you have in that arena, the more attractive it is to potential corporate sponsors right. who are buying the club seats, the suites, the dasher boards, right. because suddenly it's like, oh, my message is in front of right. all of these people. And that's how it helps defray the cost for people like rank and file season ticket holders like you and me. Right. So that's that's ultimately what they want to do. So yeah. it, Cox wants their logo on the ice. Yeah. It's going to cost you more because we're selling out the games and sure. you've got more fans at each game and so yeah, I get like I I really think that this will do the lower prices will help, you know, maybe some of those season ticket holders who that are skeptical. were on the fence yeah. about whether or not doing it again and some of those people that came to a few games and were like, oh, well, I went to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Right. And that ended up costing me, you know, 110 bucks. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I just buy the full season. and Exactly. If you're paying, like, because, you know, like, for a number of games and maybe all the games, you know, the upper bowl seats are like 20 bucks for a single game ticket. Mm-hmm. And then it's 30 bucks for lower bowl. If you bring a family of four, 
and you sit in the lower bowl, that's 120 bucks to come right. to a game. And so, if, you know, $195 is not, yeah. you know, it's not that much difference. And you come to all right. of the, you know, you come to every, obviously you can come to, you know, one person can come to every single game. And so, you know, four of you at that price, you know, it's a great deal. I still think they would be served by, well served by not only with the, with the lower prices, but I think they should do two things still. And, and I can't remember. I believe I mentioned these when we, we talked this. I think number one, they should do a Friday, a half season, Friday season, Saturday season, where you can get every Friday game or every Saturday game. And they've, they've done, they've done those half season ticket packages the before, or yeah. they've also done the, you know, pick 10 games package. Yeah. I always, uh, I, those are always interesting to me. Cause it's like, how do you like, I don't know. It's, it, was, it was it was probably ones, but... easier in a conference like the CCHA yeah. because people could pick Notre Dame. They right. could pick the, the marquee teams if they wanted to. They're, well, they're... so, and that's where I go to, like, instead of doing that, like, I would do a partial season all Friday or all Saturday, your pick, and then I would do a conference season. So you yeah, get every you NCHC game. Or you could do a first half package and a second half package. Because... And maybe the first half package is cheaper than the second half package because... Yeah. There's you less. Know, yeah. But I think if you did all in, like the great thing is, is if you look at the schedule, assuming that the schedule shapes up to be about the way that it has in the past, right? If you do a conference only in CHC package, uh, you A, get to pitch the conference, which is great. And B, all these fans that wouldn't want season tickets because I've got season tickets to the Huskers and I don't want to mess with yeah, missing or I'm, games. I'm busy, or I'm busy in the fall with right. stuff that I'm not busy fall with sports, here. They, they, they basically... You only get... You only have to worry about a couple games. Yeah, basically, it's it starts in November, and you might be talking yeah. like one, maybe two series in November at home, and then you're really talking after the first of the year. Yeah. So yeah, you could do something like that. Like basically you said, January you could do, through March, and yeah. like you said, you could do a Friday or Saturday thing. I know schools like Wisconsin, for example, mm-hmm. they they had success with that back in the day. Yeah. So there are a lot of that. So that's number one. I I do think like. A concession discount. I do think if you could like show your card or even have them scan the. A uh, little code on your card or the code on your phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, and get a discount with that. That way, you know, could track who was buying concession, what concession mm. items, they, or the season ticket holders liked. You just get when we do when we get our season tickets, you get a, a little ticket a discount holder card. badge thing. Yeah. And that's good for discounts at concessions. It's good for, uh, you know, discounts at the. You, maybe the maybe, team store in on campus. Maybe or something maybe like that. based more on on you buy. Maybe you earn points and you can earn exclusive merchandise that they you know have made. Whether it's a certain type of cap that's yeah. exclusive to season ticket or, holders or that type of thing. How about this too? What if you could get uh, Voodoo Taco and Godfather's and DJ's Dugout and some of those other things that are right there in Exarbon Village and say that they would accept that discount card too. Offer. We, we want to encourage people to come to your establishments before the game or after the game or right. anytime. If they show their season ticket member, right. they get 10% off. They show their special discount card. You could you could do something Quite like honestly, that. Quite honestly, as someone who has to drive a decent amount to get to the game, we're yes. always thinking about, okay, what's between us and the rink and where we're going to stop? Are we going to eat right? before? Are we going to have time? Right. Yeah. And so you do something like that, and I'm like, well... I would be, I would be much more motivated to go park, walk across over to Exarban Village, and go get and pizza. eat somewhere, yeah, beforehand. If that type of thing, if was that there. Have, that would that would motivate me. 
it may not motivate and everyone. It like, never would. I but. feel like that's a, that's a simple thing, a relatively simple thing that yeah. would not cost them. Obviously, you have to kind of negotiate the deals with things, but I feel like that's the type of thing that the merchants would like and you would like because it doesn't cost you a lot of money out of pocket. And I love the idea, of, probably because I brought it up, about like being able to earn points because right. I'd love to get like... Like something as simple as like a season ticket holder exclusive license plate holder that said like Omaha Hockey and then season ticket holder. I would love that for my car because I can't go to the bookstore and buy that. And that would be really cool to have that kind of stuff or even like a season ticket, like season ticket holder on a cap with like an O on there. So to show that you were different than everybody else or even, yeah. I I know they've been highlighting at the games, they highlight the season ticket holder of the game. And you guys... That was an honor. The very first game, that was awesome. Yeah. I think that something like that, it's almost like a at work. Yeah. Like, see, I, I know you work from home. so you, I do. But yeah. at work, you know, when we hit certain five-year, 10-year, 15-year yeah. anniversaries, right? Like, you get you get a little something. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool little thing. And I think from a season ticket member holder, like, if you had a, you know, fifth season yeah. uh, gift that you got, maybe it's a license plate holder. So that your yeah. car gets, you know... I've been a season ticket holder for five years. Or, or, or like a that. certain type of like a window decal right. or a bumper bumper sticker type decal for you. Yeah, yeah, any of those things. I mean, I know that Colorado has a, I don't think anymore. Someone told me that they don't do this anymore. When they first started doing specialty license plates, yeah. the DU one and the CC one and the CU Boulder one and the CSU Fort Collins one, you had to be either a graduate or a current student or a season ticket holder of sporting okay. events in order to get the license plate. Okay. So yeah. you couldn't just go, I want DU Pioneer stuff all over my yeah. car, right? And I want a DU Pioneer license plate. Yeah. You had to be, it was a special thing. You had to be. So when you saw that on someone's car, you knew they graduated from there, they were a booster or something like that. So And it helps motivate that whole thing that we talk yeah. about called FOMO, where it's yeah. like, well, I don't want to miss out on that. I want to get my special whatever it is. And for... it's the community, right? Yeah. Like, I, as a season ticket holder, see someone getting out of their car that has the 10th season ticket, yeah. whatever, emblem on their car or license plate holder or something like that. Like, I would be more... I would feel better about going up to them and I'd be more like, hey, how the Mavs do and talking to yeah. them because there's a good chance I probably know them. I just didn't recognize yeah. them. Um, it, but it, you do. You create that community yeah. and people will see that in town and be like, I want to be a part of that. It group, is because right? I, I could. I, Bridget has mentioned many times. She basically most of our wardrobe is UNO gear, as you're well aware. Right. And like anytime she goes out, she wears a lot of times her UNO like windbreakers jackets. Mm-hmm. And the number of people that ask her, do you work for UNO? Right. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, you wear Husker gear. Nobody asks you if you work for you the, know, university, the university. Right. But you wear UNO gear. People ask that because it is kind of a niche special sport. So the more of those kind of special things that you can have, I think the better. And I think it just adds to kind of this kind of the the cool prestige factor of, right. of what UNO could be if, if they did some of those little things. And again, they're not very expensive things to do. So... That, along with discounts, I think is very exciting. And, and we'll talk about that more later. Jason and I have, have said when season tickets are coming out, we'll talk about it. Now, I don't know if we'll be completely out of hockey and podcast mode by the time April rolls around, but I'm pretty sure we won't. So we'll talk when the season ticket holder information comes out. We'll, we'll talk about that more on the podcast. Maybe we'll get Bridget and Jolene here to talk about it, yeah. too, because they always have a lot of really good opinions on that topic. So Until then. Until then, we've, we've got, got another series coming up. Playoff series. Yeah. First round of the NCHC playoffs. First time we're going to Denver this season. Yep. We finished sixth in the conference. 
And it was it was back and forth on Friday, Saturday night whether we were going to get Western Michigan or Denver. Or Denver, and we got Denver. Yeah. Our nemesis. Yeah. A team that we have not had success Are against. You, would you have rather had Western Michigan? No, you know, no, because I think that they have, and you and I were talking about this, as it regards the um, pairwise rankings. Right, right now, I think you, you looked it up before the game. Den, or the, Western before Michigan sitting 16. Yeah, Western Michigan prior to in, prior to the news pulled and everything kind of coming out, but yeah, exactly. And I don't it know if there I don't know if there are any games being played today. I have not yes, memorized sir. the Four. entire Division One, but I'm going to pull up the pairwise here. But Western's right on the cusp of they're right on the cusp of not making it into the tournament as an at large, so they're in a very precarious position right now because there's always an auto bid. From Atlantic Hockey every year, and by and large, the Atlantic Hockey team is not a strong enough team in the pairwise to have gotten an at-large bid on their own. So they would um, generally be the number 16 seed in the tournament. So that means there are 15 at-large bids, but there can be upsets in the WCHA tournament, the Big Ten tournament. You just never know what's, you know, UNO plays well. They could be the upset team in the NCHC. So... You know what I'm saying, Jason. They right. have a lot more to play for. I'm not saying Denver doesn't, but Denver's number five, I think you said in the pairwise. So they're in a much better position right now to get an at-large bid where, you know, Western is playing for their lives at this point. Yeah, because if you look at Atlantic Hockey, the top team right now in Atlantic Hockey, which you assume that they make it through their conference tournament and go to NCAAs, where they're, Sacred they're Heart? 26th. AIC. Wait, is Sacred Heart? Sacred Hearts two, AIC's number one. Okay, so the, so so AIC's the number one team in the conference, and they're twenty. What did I say? Twenty sixth, I think. Yes, and Sacred Heart is number two, and they're twenty three. So they are not going to get out large bids to the NCAA tournament. So one of those teams right. is going to take the number sixteen slot, and everyone else is out, and anybody below that's out. And so fifteen. So now you have teams, to be fifteen. Yeah, you got to yeah. be fifteen or higher, and that's best, a, that's a, that's best assuming, case scenario. You that's have to be assuming there's not an upset in the WCHA tournament where Mankato doesn't end up winning it or one of the other right. high, higher rank. And I don't know if they, I don't know if there's anybody else from the WCHA. It doesn't look like there's anybody else in the top sixteen in the pairwise. So that's the thing. If you have upsets in two of those tournaments, which does happen and has happened in recent years, suddenly you have to be one of the top fourteen teams. So. Back to our original point, would I have rather had Western? No, because Western has a lot more to play for. Yeah. And they're they're uh, they're fighting for their lives, so they've got to keep winning games. So it's difficult because I think that we match up better against Western. I think Western we Michigan. do too. I think we do too. But yeah, I think as I said, Denver, I think it's more likely that they look beyond UNO and start thinking about who do they have to face right. when they get to Minneapolis? And Western has not, I, I will say the one thing about Western that would have been appealing is they they have not been a great postseason team by and large under Andy Murray. They just haven't had a lot of NCAA tournament type success or NCHC tournament type success. So you're right. I think to me, I think Denver's the more appealing matchup just because I think we have an extra amount of motivation against them. That goes beyond the NCHC tournament and getting auto bids. I think the team just wants to break through and beat them and get the that monkey off of their back. Yeah. 
So predictions? Do we want to predictions for this series? Will it go Predi- two games? Pred- will it go three games? Will UNO win a game? For those that maybe don't know, just to make sure that we're all on the same page here, best of we, three series. Best of series. We play Friday. We play Saturday. If necessary, we play Sunday. I'll tell you what, if we play Sunday, it's really going to mess up this podcast, yes. people. <laughs> I'm going to be coming out here at like 9 o'clock on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday since night. it's a mountain time zone game and, and we'll be recording it then. I'm Here's what I'm going to say. I think it would be terrific if we finally got the monkey off our back and finally got a win. And this would be a great weekend to do it. Postseason weekend. You know, there, there have been some some rough things. for. I mean, despite the fact that we had that great win against North Dakota, you know, of our last four games, we got shut out in three of them. So we've had our ups and we've had our downs, and it kind of, you know, illustrates our season. The fact of the matter is, though, we played Denver tough this season in the one season series we had against them. I'm going to say that UNO wins Friday and we lose the games on Saturday and Sunday. So those three games, we don't quite make it. But we get that kind of monkey off our back of, you know, not having defeated Denver in years. Okay. Okay. I I think we beat Denver one game as well. Which game do you think? I think if we're going to win, we're going to win Friday. I think if we lose Friday, we lose Saturday, and we're done. Okay. I I just I struggle to see their resilience to kind of come back from that, right? But I would say my prediction is I think we, I think we win on Friday. Okay. And Denver comes out and wallops us, kind of like what North Dakota did on Saturday. Sure. Yeah, that's the that's kind of what I was thinking about. And I'm gonna say that UNO finds a way. To shock them on Sunday. What the hell? Are you just like, you're stealing the John optimism trait. We didn't quite finish fifth, which was what I was talking about ever since preseason. We were very close. We were. And now Jason's saying we're going to win two out of three. At Denver. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. That was This is normally a John prediction. I like how you're just, you're stealing my optimistic thumber, but I like that prediction. I like it very much. I say we win one. And there's part of me, part of the reason I only think we win one is like, they'll be so elated that they finally won one that it'll just kind of be, you know, downhill after that. But I like that. That's why I don't think we can sweep I like that. It's downhill the next night. And then Sunday, when all you're needing to do is win one game at that point, the pressure's kind of, you know, like it's, it's, this is it. This is sudden death for us. We've done what we needed to do this weekend. We got, we got a win against a team that we haven't had success against. The thing is, is that the way I look at it is like you go in Friday and there's no pressure on anyone on Friday. Right. You know, Denver is expected to win. UNO is not. You know, UNO needs to go in with that mentality that they had against North Dakota, that no one's giving us a shot. We're in from wrong, right? Mm -hmm. I think the pressure gets put on Denver for Saturday and it's so high because it's just one of those matchups you, you expect to beat them because of their success against us for so long that there's almost this letdown that comes from being able to do that. It happened to Denver against Colorado college back in the WCHA. 
So it wouldn't be the first time the same thing happened where you you were supposed to beat Cairo College. And Cairo College had, it was a fluky goal that got late in the third that got them a win against Denver on Friday night. And Denver came back and just pounded them. I think it was like a 7-1 win on Saturday. Like Denver came out and said, all right, we're Denver. We're going to show you where you belong. And Sunday coming into the WCHA conference, Cairo College just hung with them. And it was this back and forth. No one really had an advantage. And it, if I remember right, it went to overtime. And it's just overtime games, these these game seven kinds of of things. It was, just weird things happen. It was kind of like when UNO, this was our first season at Baxter Arena, the 2015-16. Mm-hmm. We ended the season with Denver. Mm-hmm. And then we had to go play at play Denver. Denver. Yeah. And that second game went to double overtime. Right. And you're just like, can they, can they? And we didn't do it. And obviously in the Baxter Arena era, we have not uh, defeated Denver. And I should also mention, because your wife texted this to our little group text. And yeah. She'll be mad if we don't mention it. But UNO, since they've been playing in Baxter Arena, they have not won a... Um, a uh, uh, the final the game. final home game mm-hmm. of the season. We have not won one yet, so we're gonna have to take care of that next season. But anyway, I yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. You never know when you get into those overtime games, and if you know can keep it close. And the big thing they've got to be careful of is a guy like Durflinger for for DU is kind of a goon, kind of a goony player. He's gotten you know booted from games, etc. They've got to be careful about not getting sucked into that kind of game where they start taking these just cheap dumb penalties because you know as well as i do you know can kind of play emotional in that regard and they've got to keep their heads about them if they minimize the mistakes i i think they can but yeah. I, I my hope is like you my hope is that they win friday night because that puts all the pressure then on denver right and i think that way you know saturday night can just play you know loose and and see what happens and it may not go their way but You've still got another night to play if it doesn't. So I, I like that prediction. I like that optimistic prediction from you. Don't don't expect more of it. Yeah, don't expect more. Don't expect more of it. Well, okay. do you want to having called the our predictions for this? Do you want to take a guess at who makes uh, the frozen face off in Minneapolis now? Yes, let's do that. So obviously, I can start because. I already have UNO going and you have Denver going. So we know, based on our predictions for this weekend of that series, we know where those stand. And we all know with Jason, when he does his championship picks, he basically (laughs) curses and jinxes the team. So... So, fans, which team do you want? We should have done a poll on that. Which fan do we want to have Jason Jinx in the NCHC playoffs? So, the, the number one, number eight matchup will be Colorado College playing at North Dakota next weekend. North Dakota. I'm going to say North Dakota, too. The The Colorado College last season was a pretty impressive team. Yeah. And they, they, they kind of, they almost kind of remind us of, remind me of us this season, where they're kind of up and down, but they play tough against some really, this season, I haven't seen that out of them, right. so I don't, I don't see their ability to go three, you know. Duluth and Miami, I'm going to take Duluth. I don't see anything I'm going to take Miami. Duluth either. I, I, yeah, Miami's better this season, but I don't think they can get it done. So St. Cloud heads to Kalamazoo versus Western Michigan. This is one where, and you and I were talking before, and I remember watching some of this series. Uh, St. Cloud did not do particularly well in their series right. at West at uh, Kalamazoo this season. 
But I'm going to pick the upset there. I'm going to say St. Cloud upsets Western Michigan. I was going to say the same. So yeah. we're in agreement on that. I, you know, they, they don't have, as you know, they don't, St. Cloud doesn't have the depth that they had last season, but they've got an awful lot of talent. They've got the, the a couple Paling brothers, Easton Brodzinski, so, David Rennick. Yeah. You know what that means, though? The, <laughs> for my bracket. What does that mean for your brackets? That means we get a North Dakota Omaha rematch in Minneapolis. Boy, that'd be great. <laughs> and mine is not very exciting. It's you get North, North Dakota, Dakota St. Cloud, Cloud which that'd be a really interesting matchup having North Dakota play St. Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's run your bracket. Why didn't I pick Omaha? This is not exciting at all. <laughs> now you're, you're yeah, like, now I'm bored. Now I'm bored. Okay, all right, fine. All right, North Dakota St. Cloud. Who gets North out Dakota, of it to the finals? Uh, I'm gonna say North Dakota. Okay, and Duluth Denver. I I picked all the. Oh, I didn't pick all the higher seeds. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say Duluth. Interesting. They're my national championship pick, so I'm going to say Duluth gets so to that final game again. North Dakota Duluth. I'm going to say Duluth beats them. Okay. Hunter Shepard has a lights out game, and he gets and they're the They're NCHC done. champions. Huh? Yes. Again. Again. I don't know if they won last season. Did they lose to St. Cloud? No, they did. They won. And then they went on to win the national championship. And then St. Cloud got upset by American International mm-hmm. in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So that's what I'm going to say. So I'm waiting for Jason now to pick UNO to win this thing. Because <laughs> if UNO gets there, despite whatever plague may have hit, you know, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, I will be up there for that in my hazmat suit. So, yes, Jason, in your North Dakota-UNO matchup at the NCHC Frozen Faceoff, who do you think will win? Uh, North Dakota. Okay. And then since you... I jinx teams, I'm gonna pick North Dakota. Oh, okay. Yes, I like this. Okay, great. A little reverse Perfect. psychology on my own. Reverse psychology. We'll see if this works. North Dakota over UNO. We'll we'll take North Dakota over UNO in the first round, and I'll I'll uh, take Duluth over St. Cloud. I think North Dakota beats Duluth in the finals. Okay. I will say that if I was running your bracket, though, I'm taking Denver. But that's probably you're just, t- you know. <laughs> Of course you're taking... It's, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting atmosphere. We went last year for the first time. And it, you know, if the Minnesota teams are there, you get a lot of the, you get a lot of the locals out for that. And yeah. I, obviously, North Dakota wasn't there last, so I don't know what will happen when the, uh, you know, NODAC fans are, are there, but... But yeah, Denver would be an interesting pick, and and uh, we'll just have to see what happens. But I like your pick. I like that UNO is going to go. Finally, the only team Finally. to not get to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. So we need that to happen. So that'd let's be good. See what we can do. Yeah. Well, for sure. Let's let's hope we're talking about something fun next week on the podcast. That'd be great. And it'd be great to see UNO upset their way to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. So let's get it done, guys. But until next time, you can follow Math Puck on Facebook, follow Math Puck on Twitter. You can listen to back episodes of this podcast. If, if at this point you feel a need to go relive the uh, <laughs> the ticketing the rent. <laughs> earlier part of the season, uh, yes, please go back and listen to past episodes. And you can find all of those in various 
from various services on mavpuck.com. You can you know, watch on YouTube, yeah. watch Jason's Nice Animation. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on SoundCloud, and you can find links to all of those at mavpuck.com. So until next weekend, with our big series against Denver, go Mavs. Go Mavs.